This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Well, today we're going to be talking about tools. <laughs> tools. And just like Tim, the tool man, Taylor from Home Improvement, he would be so proud of all the tools that we are going to incorporate today in our discussion. You know, because whether you realize it or not, there's a lot of tools that we need to be successful in life. And the problem is they aren't hammers and screwdrivers, typically. There are other tools that you may not even know exist but they're tools that you need. So that's why we're going to talk about them today on this episode. So with that, let's get going. Hi, I'm Jason Mefford, and you're in the right place to start transforming your career and life with this podcast. I've been in the trenches as an executive leader, and now I'm an executive coach and confidential advisor to executives all over the world. I use a multidisciplinary approach to improve learning that drives transformation by getting to the root cause in a practical, no-nonsense way. I love learning and sharing what makes people tick. You get both education and entertainment, since learning shouldn't be boring, right? But that's enough about me. This podcast is a combination of intuitive leadership, neural influence, and mental mastery to take your career and life to levels you've never thought possible. If you're wanting to improve yourself, develop stronger relationships professionally and personally, make quicker, better decisions, and become a more effective leader, then of course, this podcast is for you because you are going to learn how to manage emotions in yourself and others, avoid burnout, stress, and anxiety, master your mind, get people to listen and take action, and become a lifelong learner. And when you do that, you will have a positive mental attitude, executive leadership presence, and the skills to know exactly what to say and do in any situation. I'm glad you're here. So, let's get started. All right. Well, as I said to begin with, today we're going to talk a little bit about tools. Okay, so a um, little bit about me. My, my father actually was a general contractor. And so, um, you know, when I was about eight years old, we, it was late 70s, we had, you know, a, a, a crisis here in the United States when it came to building. And, uh, and so my mother actually had to go back to work. So when I was little, I started about eight, eight years old. Uh, my father used to take me to work with him uh, during any time that we had, uh, uh, you know, Christmas break, school breaks. Um, over the summer, uh, he, uh, myself and my little brother uh, used to go with my dad to work. And so from a very early age, um, I hung out on construction sites. 
And as a result of that, I learned how to build houses and can pretty much build anything I want to now. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dad, for all of that, uh, for that learning. Uh, but as part of it, you know, I, I learned <clears throat> an appreciation of the tools and what the different tools actually did and which ones were good for certain things and which ones weren't so good for those things. So today I want to get in and talk a little bit more about this because, as I said, there may be some tools that you're not even aware exist that are exactly the tools you need at whatever challenges you may be dealing with right now. Now, to start with, you know, kind of the, the genesis of this particular episode um, was an experience that I had here. It was about a month, month or so ago. So my wife uh, ends up going to a doctor's appointment. So, you know, she takes her car, drives over to the doctor, parks in the parking garage, goes into her appointment, and then comes out and tries to start the car and it just is flashing lights and has this weird sound. So, you know, she's obviously a little disturbed that the car won't start. And uh, so here I am, you know, working at home and I get a phone call, a frantic phone call from my wife and says, you know, the car is making a really weird noise and it's not starting. So, I said, okay, well, um, you know, try starting it now. Let let me let me hear what it's doing, so I could try to figure out what it was. So she put she put me on speaker, and she went to try to 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 start the car. You know, the the brake pedal wouldn't really push down. When she pushed the button to try to start the car, there were just a bunch of flashing lights on the dash, and it kind of went <laughs> kind of thing. It wouldn't turn over. So knowing enough about cars and having enough cars over my life, I pretty much knew on the phone it was probably a dead battery. Now, knowing that she was parking in a parking garage, I knew that I probably wasn't going to, and, and, and knowing again that the battery was probably um, on its last leg, it had been you know, three years or four years since we'd replaced the battery, that that's probably what the issue was. So, you know, in my mind, here I am trying to think about what are the different tools I'm going to need if this is a dead battery. So I get in the car, you know, I grab my tool bag, uh, grab the jumper cables as well, get in the car, drive over to the doctor's office. And when I get there, I look at it, sure enough, looks like a dead battery. Now, where she had parked the car, you know, in the garage, it was up next to the edge and there were cars parked on either side, so we couldn't get in there to be able to jump the car. So I knew, you know, it's probably just time for us to go down to the store, buy a new battery. So we leave, we go down, we get the battery, we come back to the parking garage. I pull out my tool bag, which I had, and took it up to start doing the work on the car to replace the battery. Now, I've got a little tool bag that I use all the time because, again, I told you I grew up on a construction site, um, so people have me do little things, right? When I go over to, to, to family members' homes, especially like my mother-in-law, often there's little jobs that Jason needs to do, right? So if I know that there's jobs that my mother-in-law wants me to do, I grab my little tool bag. I have a smaller tool bag with certain tools that you would use most of the time. So things like, you know, a hammer and different kinds of screwdrivers and different kinds of pliers and wrenches 
you know, Allen wrenches, crescent wrenches, uh, slip joint, uh, you know, wire cutters, side edge, uh, you know, some different things like that. So again, I'm, I'm trying to throw out as many, as many tool names as I can uh, during this episode as well. So we'll see how many I can get in. If somebody's counting, let me know how many I actually get in. So I pull out my, my normal tool bag that I carry around. I get, I get there and I have no problem. You know, it, it was a little bit clunky, but I could use one of the wrenches to take off the, the battery posts that were, you know, connected with the battery. Uh, but then there's a bracket that went over the top of the battery. And so, you know, the one, the one nut I was able to take off pretty easily. But the way that the bracket was worked, the, the, the one bolt was kind of recessed down uh, to where I couldn't easily get to it with one of the regular wrenches that I normally carry in my bag. So I tried. I tried for a little while. It wasn't working. I knew it wasn't going to work. I still tried a little bit more. Okay. Does this sound familiar for other things you might be doing in your life? <laughs> and, uh, and realized that, look, I'm going to have to run back home and get my socket set, which is a specific type of tool uh, that would allow me to be able to get down uh, inside kind of where I needed to go to be able to undo the last bolt. So my tool bag wasn't enough. I had to go home, uh, dig through the garage for my socket set. Um, because again, socket set is not something that I normally would use uh, because I, it's not a normal tool. But it, it is a tool that is very helpful in specific applications. Okay. And that's, that's the way it is a lot of times with tools, right? Certain tools are better at doing certain jobs. So I get back, got my socket set, sure enough, you know, very quickly was able to take out the last bolt, end up replacing it and, uh, you know, started the car. My wife was okay. We both came back home. And, you know, as I, as I thought about that again, you know, I've, uh, how true is this in our life anyway, right? Where there's certain tools that we tend to use a lot of the time. Um, and there's other tools that maybe we don't use that often or maybe we only need in one particular instance. And so we have to go out and buy it, right? To be able to do the job that we need to do. Without that socket set, I wouldn't have been able to get that battery changed and get the arm off of, off of the battery. So, um, you, you know, as, as, I'm, as I'm thinking about it, and the, and, and the thing, as I mentioned to you a little bit before, is, you know, a lot of the tools that we need in our life are not necessarily the things like hammers and screwdrivers and socket sets, but there's other tools, some things like emotional, mental, and even spiritual tools that we need to be able to help us get by. Now, again, let's go back to when, when I was, uh, you know, a, a young child on a little slave labor, slave child labor, uh, as, as it goes, um, for my father, you know, when I was little. Now, when I was eight years old, you know, I couldn't really help um, a lot on the construction site. I wasn't strong enough uh, to be able to pick up and carry and hold the nail gun and, and shoot the nails out of the nail gun. Um, I wasn't strong enough to be able to lift uh, up the walls or be able to carry a lot of things. And so my dad found, you know, ways for me to be able to help out. And one of those was 
you know, when he and my brother uh, were working to have me go and get tools that they needed. So if you're familiar with construction, usually, you know, you wear a, a tool belt because there are certain tools that when you are, are doing construction, and in this instance, we were doing a lot of framing. Uh, so framing construction, we're building the walls, putting on the siding, uh, you know, building the floor and the roof and things like that on a house. There's certain tools that you would normally have in your tool bag because they're things you use all the time. So things like a hammer, you know, a utility knife, a pencil, uh, what's called a square, you know, because we'd have to draw straight lines to be able to cut, cut wood. Um, a chalk line uh, is another one of the tools that we usually have with us. Um, usually some pliers are what we called side cuts. Uh, they were kind of wire cutter things that we could use for a lot of different things to help pull out nails um, and do other things like that. Uh, something like a nail punch, especially if you're using or doing finish work uh, to be able to reset or recess the, uh, the nails a little bit when you're doing finish work in a home. And so there were lots of different things that we would normally have in our tool pouch that we would carry on our body. So that way that those tools were always close to us whenever we needed them. But, you know, sometimes my brother or my dad might be up on a ladder or up on scaffolding or on a roof and realize there was a different tool that they actually needed. So one of the things that I learned to begin with was the name of the different tools. So my brother Cliff would, you know, holler down from the, from the scaffolding, Jason, I need you to go get the two foot square. Okay. Uh, what's the two foot square, right? So I had to learn what it was, what it was used for, and actually where it was at in, in the pickup truck. Uh, because, you know, at, at first I didn't know where some of these things were. I didn't know how to use them. But over time, right, as I got used to the names, used to what these different things do and where they were located, I was able to actually go and get those tools and bring them back to my dad and to my brother. Now, again, as I, as I got older and older, I could do more and more things. They would teach me how to use these tools and know which tools were the best ones to use in different situations. And so over time, I mean, that came through <coughs> practice and actually using the tools. And it's that way with any tool in our life, right? You can't just go buy a tool, never use it, and, and expect to get the benefit from it. So again, you know, I know we've been talking about a lot of different tools, but what we're really talking about are some of the tools of the trade that you might need as well, okay? And as I told you before, there's some things that are emotional, maybe mental, even spiritual tools for you to be able to help you navigate through life. And so I'm just going to go through and I've, I've talked about a lot of different tools that we might use on the job site. Um, and maybe I'll share one more story before I get into that, because it's, it's another important concept, which is, I don't know if you've ever heard the term that everything looks like a nail to a hammer. Everything looks like a nail to a hammer. 
In fact, you might have heard me say that before. That is, it's it's a colloquialism that really means, hey, if I'm a hammer or if I have a hammer, I'm going to try to do everything I can with that hammer because that happens to be what I have, right? And so one of the guys that used to work for my dad, he would he was the person that would do what's called finish con uh, finish concrete work. So driveways, sidewalks, things like that. He would be the one that would pour uh, the concrete in, and then he would use trowels to be able to make it smooth and nice and put all the joints and everything in it. And so, you know, for Don as the contractor or as the concrete guy, he had certain tools like the trowels and different things that he would use, shovels and things like that. But from what we would normally have in our tool belt, he didn't have very much. He had a hammer and he had nails, right? And that was about it because he had to make these, make forms, right? To be able to make sure that the concrete stays within the wooden area that he wants it to stay in. And I remember Don telling me when I was, when I was a little kid, because um, we always used to laugh, <laughs> laugh, at, laugh with him. Okay. Cause we loved Don, but my dad always, one of the jokes that he always used to say was uh, Don could cut circles with a circular saw. <laughs> so if you know what a circular saw is a uh, skill saw, it's uh, it's not intended to uh, cut curvy lines. It's intended to cut straight lines, but Don would always make his lines really curvy and don't know how he quite did it with it. But anyway, I, re I remember him telling me it was funny because as he was, you know, I, especially when I was young, I used to sit and watch some of the other tradespeople uh, on the job site and watch what they do. And I used to love watching Don because the, the, the artistry of, of how you do the concrete just was fascinating and still fascinating to me. And I remember watching him one time putting together some forms and, uh, and so he was reaching into his pouch and he was pulling out nails and nailing him in with his hammer. And he ended up pulling out a screw and he looked at it and he, <laughs> and he reached over and he put it on the wood and he pounded in the screw with his hammer. And then he looked at me and he said, screws are, screws are meant to be put in with hammers and taken out with screwdrivers. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. Again, for those of you that are familiar with construction, you'll get a kick out of that as well. But, you know, to Don, like I said, even something like a screw, he would just use a hammer to put in. And, you know, how many times in life do we try to just use the tool that we currently have and it may not be the best tool, but we're just like Don, we're trying to pound that screw in with a hammer. And believe me, it takes a lot more power to try to get a screw to go through wood with a hammer than it does with a screwdriver or with a drill, okay? And so, but how much of, how much of the time in life are we actually, you know, either not effective, like I wasn't effective in using my, my crescent wrench to be able to take off that screw, that bolt on the car, I needed a socket set in order to get it done. Or like Don trying to pound those screws in with the hammer instead of actually using a screwdriver. So how much of the time do we do that? And it's, it's, it's exhausting for us it usually adds more stress to our life. And the reason is that we don't have the other tool or we don't know how to use the other tool, okay? So what I wanted to do here is actually share some of these different tools. And again, you might've heard me talk about some of these before, uh, 
But, you know, whatever you do, you really need to start learning about these other things and start incorporating some of these tools into your life. Now, whether you learn them from me here on the podcast or in any of the, the courses or programs that I run where I actually show people how to use these and bring them into their life, it doesn't matter, you know, but, but decide that you're going to get some of these tools. So let me, let me talk about some of them. Um, one that would kind of be an emotional tool is around breathing. Okay. Something as simple as breathing, you know, it's something you do every single day. You're doing it right now, or you'd be passed out on the ground. Right. But it's something that because it is so, unconscious that we end up doing, and we don't realize there are actually ways to breathe that act as tools that can help us in our life. So today, um, I was talking to somebody in one of my programs, and, uh, and we were talking about, you know, some of the things that she was doing, and what she had learned. And she said, you know, I was at the dentist last week, and you can see where this is going, right? Because nobody likes to go to the dentist that I know, right? Because it usually means, you know, getting, you know, having people in your mouth first off, right? And then usually sharp objects in your mouth as well. And so when people go to the doctor or go to the dentist, they're usually very anxious about going to the doctor. So emotionally, they're in a place where they don't want to be. They want to be more, uh, uh, you know, relaxed. But instead, they have this anxiety and fear about what they're going to be experiencing when they go to the dentist's office. Now, especially if you, you know, have a cavity or something like that. And so she said, you know, last week when I, when I went to the dentist and I was sitting there in the chair and I started to feel myself get anxious, I remembered the breathing exercises that you taught me how to do. And so I started using them to breathe, right? Because she could see herself getting anxious and knew that one of the emotional tools, if you wanna call it, is learning how to breathe in a different way to help you go from being anxious to being relaxed. Okay. And so again, that was something that was a tool that she's picked up over, over time and she's putting it into practice. And by doing that, right, she's able to go from anxiety to feeling peaceful uh, or much more relaxed when she was in the dentist chair. Now, are there ever times in your life when you feel a little anxious? and you'd rather not feel anxious? Well, did you know that there's a tool that you can use and there's different ways of breathing that you can use to be able to help get you into that emotional state where you want to be? That's just an example of one of the tools that's probably pretty important for you to learn how to use. Now, another one that you've... Uh, <clears throat> might have heard me talk about here or uh, on the other uh, Fire and Earth podcasts that I have with Kathy Groover is self-hypnosis. Uh, you know, because a lot of times, again, there are certain things in our life that we would like to change. And we just feel like we can't change them, right? There's just something 
that is up that is making it hard for us to change? Well, chances are you've probably been programmed that way. So if you think about our brain, our human brain is very much like a computer. And so as we experience different things in our life, our brain gets programmed, just like a computer gets programmed to do certain things. Now, if you want to change the program, you have to go in and recode the program, right? Now, you can try to do that with willpower, but it doesn't work. You can try to you know, do talk therapy and some other stuff. It doesn't work as well as going in and reprogramming the code, right? So some of you are going to be in IT. You understand this, right? If, if a program has certain code in it and you want the program to do something different, you have to change the programming in the software. So you would go in, you'd delete certain things, you'd write new code so that the computer will now do what you want it to do, right? In fact, I'm one of those nerdy guys that grew up as computers were, not, not as computers were coming out, but as, as personal computers were starting to come around in the 80s. And heck, I used to actually program in BASIC, which happens to be a language that I don't think anybody uses anymore. But I was so proud of myself every time that I could program the, the screen to flash different colors, <laughs> right? I learned how to do that. I learned how to do that programming. Well, again, in your life, maybe if there's certain things that you're not getting or you feel like you're being held back, chances are you need to change some of the programming in your brain. One of the ways that you can change the programming in your brain is through self-hypnosis may not have even realized that's an option for you, right? Um, but I've been using it in my life for years and have seen great success. Other people that I know have been using it. I know a lot of different hypnosis or hip, uh, hypnotists, hypnotherapists um, that use it that has real lasting impact to help people change their life, right? So again, that might be a tool that you don't even know exists. And all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, maybe that's something that I need, right? That's an example of another kind of tool uh, to be able to help, help you in your life. Now, one that's maybe even a little bit more simple um, you know, to kind of talk about is how we use questions or how we actually are communicating, right? And, and this is something, again, that I, I share with people on how to actually use certain questions to be able to get people to change their own mind instead of you trying to convince someone else. Because I don't know if you've ever done this or not. If you've gotten into, call it an argument or a heated exchange with someone, and you're just trying to convince them to maybe see the world a different way or to understand your perspective. And most of us get taught, you know, to kind of argue. That's usually the programming that we have seen. That's, that's what other people have done with us. That's what we learn how to do. And so over time, that tends to be how we respond when those things or react, usually more react when those things come up. Now, when we do that, that's just like Don trying to use that hammer to hit in the screw, 
right? It's not the most effective way to do it. And in fact, instead, using questions and learning how to communicate using questions is usually a much more effective way of doing it. But again, it's something that you have to learn. It's something that, you know, again, there's certain types of questions that are very good. There's other questions that aren't so good. And so you have to actually kind of learn, you know, where to go with that. But you can literally use things like questions as a way to get people to do things or not do things as well, or to change their mind, right? And again, it's these, these are tools that you probably didn't even exist or didn't even realize exist, um, but they're out there. And there's lots of other ones too, right? And so again, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to do here and in all the stuff that I do is to give you the tools that will help you to be successful. You know, I don't want you over there with only a tool bag with one screwdriver and one hammer and trying to go through your life just using one hammer and one screwdriver and thinking you're going to be very effective in your life. If that's all you have to work with, you're probably going to be pretty frustrated. You're going to be pretty stressed out. You're going to be feeling anxious and, and things are, are not necessarily going to go the way you want them to go life is going to be a lot harder than it needs to be, right? In fact, and there's some tools that are even better than others, right? I still have manual screwdrivers, but I'll tell you, if I'm trying to screw a three-inch screw into wood, it's much more effective to use a power drill or a power driver to be able to put that screw into the wood than it is for me to be sitting over there with my hand you know, trying to twist my hand as I'm going through to put that screw into the wall. So, you know, again, take a look at your life, look at some of the areas where, you know, again, maybe things aren't going quite the way you want it to. Maybe all you need are some other tools to be able to help you be successful. So again, can't, in the shorter format, of a podcast. I can't get through everything right now, but um, I'm going to start talking more about some of these different tools um, as well to be able to help you. Because like I said, as I talk to people, a lot of people don't realize that these things are out there and they're usually pretty simple. They're not necessarily easy. Okay. Because again, the only way that, you know, we learn how to actually become proficient at using a tool is to actually practice it and use it over and over again, right? I wouldn't be able to play the guitar sitting behind me if I just bought it and set it there and never actually picked it up and played to, to try to make music as well, right? So, all right. So with that, again, as I told you at the beginning, Tim, the tool man, Taylor would be proud. Um, I don't know how many tools I referred to, but if you go back and listen to it again and count them all and let me know, I'll send you something. <laughs> How about that? Uh, so with that, my friends, I am going to sign off um, for this episode. Um, and again, just a reminder, you know, use something simple like breathing uh, to be able to help you move from one emotional state to another. And with that, I'll catch you on the next episode of Jamming with Jason. See ya. And that's a wrap. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you enjoyed the most about the podcast. And you may even be featured on a future episode. When you're ready to turbocharge your leadership development, join the Briefing Leadership Program, where you get access to everything in one place and can interact directly with me in the group. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy's video on-demand learning platform at ondemand.criskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you will also have access to hundreds of video on-demand learning opportunities. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.